common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And joining us now is John Miller, former Deputy Commissioner of Intelligence and Counterterrorism of the NYPD, also a CNN analyst. And uh, John, you were one of the first people to interview Osama bin Laden. I remember that, my friend. And the last. Yeah, wow. Tell us about your thoughts about 9-11 and also where we stand now in terms of the threat level, uh, having looked in the eyes of this uh, monster. Well, in terms of 9-11, what bin Laden did was he gave us a preview. In that interview in 1998, he said, I predict a black day for America. I'm declaring war and the states will no longer be united. And you'll understand that this will be bigger than our war with the Russians when you carry the boxes back in coffins and in boxes. And, of course, in May of 1998, that sounded very far-fetched. On September 12th, we really had to reassess um, whether we were following those warnings, uh, whether we had failed in intelligence. But in a larger sense, if we could define what war looked like in a new millennium because... It was a non-state actor who managed to strike on multiple locations on U.S. soil and take 3,000 lives uh, from the ages of 2 to 85 years old um, and do so not as a country or a nation, um, just as a fanatical group led by a fanatical man. Why, uh, John, you were in charge of terrorism for our city. You worked for the FBI. Why are our borders open? Why are we allowing... Uh, terrorists to come through? Well, that's an easy question that you'd have to address to Congress. But until we have a Congress that is not so divided and not so stuck on political power rather than getting business done, until we have a clear, coherent border policy, um, this is what the Trump administration struggled with, and they were able to access exigent um, circumstances due to COVID to shut down the border. It's what the Biden administration struggles with. It's what the Obama administration struggled with. It's what the Bush administration struggled with. Congress has to do its job. Uh, John, this is George Pataki, and thank you for your service. But I have to say, uh, Biden is the president. Uh, he has enormous executive powers. And in my view, uh, yes, you can say wait till Congress does something. But uh, Trump at least tried. Uh, and Biden isn't even acknowledging the border problem. And uh, when it comes to terrorism, particularly on this horrible day, um, do you think there's a significant threat because of the undocumented aliens who are just streaming across the border, including people we know are on the no-fly list? I think that we have built a very good detection system in terms of the terrorist screening center in terms of the creation of the Department of Homeland Security, the creation of the DNI, the unification of the capabilities of the intelligence community to detect this. Um, But that's always going to be a risk. And that is, if you followed the recent story about um, people coming from a particular foreign country uh, being brought in by a smuggling ring that is connected to an individual who has contact with ISIS leaders, that was an example of, A, human smuggling um, and the exploitation of, of a challenged border system, but also the intelligence community picking up on those communications and being able to track and trace those people and determine what that looks like. Now, the headline might be, 
hundreds of potential terrorists smuggled into the country by ISIS-connected smuggler, um, the more likely story, as the intelligence pans out, is a criminal smuggling operation with an operator who also had connections to terrorists. But it was an example of it was an example of the intelligence community detecting it, um, and then retracing its steps, and then vacuuming up as much of it as they could, and that's still going on today. But John, this is Rudy Washington. How are you doing? Very well, Mr. Deputy Mayor. I remember you as a young man sitting in a cave with a guy next, with an M16 or whatever it was next to him, uh, and you're telling how you were blindfolded uh, and taken to him. Uh, I remember that. However, you just outlined uh, a lot of systems we put in place, but what I'm not hearing is the arrest, the picking up of these people. So we know they are here, but how does that help us in terms of collecting them? Well, they're being tracked one at a time, um, and they're being vetted and examined and interviewed, and that process has been going on. It was going on for a a period of time before the story came out, and it's continuing, and every indication they're getting is that these are, you know, just part of the flow of people coming from all over the world who are trying to find a better life and trying to get into the United States. There has been no indication, according to uh, my contacts at Homeland Security and the FBI, that a terrorist cell has been embedded and snuck in there. But again, they have to get through the whole thing. Um, Either way, it would be compromised and exposed at this point. Deputy Commissioner uh, John Miller, and thank you for coming on. We have the Mayor Adams is coming on right now, so we have to interrupt this interview. And and we hope we can catch up with you again real soon. I'll be listening. Tell him I said hey. Thank you. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.